Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We are starting to move towards the end of our series, Straightforward Financial Growth. And... Yeah, we've saved the best for last. We've done all the practical stuff, you know, earn the money, keep it, grow it. That's the system. And then repeat. Earn, keep, grow, repeat. Earn more, keep more, grow more, repeat. Until you become wealthy. And uh, we've been giving tips, like, and some of the tips have reduced meat intake in some homes as uh, Onya it was confessing and now people are eating healthier proteins. <clears throat> but we'll, uh, as you grow the money, you'll soon go back to whatever you want. And uh, I, I hope everyone has bought a copy of this book for themselves and then a few for your friends. People you love, this is the best birthday gift you can give out currently to anyone. Because like, if I can change your financial story, then that can be powerful. Great. So, so please make sure you, you buy uh, those books. We printed them for you. Very helpful. People are writing to me constantly. They can't go by without getting a testimony. People from other churches, they're like, my God, but... Eh. And I thank God. I thank God for the changed stories. Because if we don't sort our finances, we will not move on to the true riches. Did it ever occur to you that as long as you have not resolved the financial issue, you probably are going to leave your life compromised because you'll be thinking about solving the finances. Like, you can't really do whatever you want to do. And so when God comes and says to you, I would like you to do this, you're like, uh, Lord, it would be nice, but <laughs> I have a job. I have to fix the finances. Lord, it would be nice, but the landlord. It would be nice, but the tuition. It would be nice, but... So the idea is to get as many people out of the it would be nice section to... What is it that you want us to do? And then we should go ahead and do it. Amen. Are you believing with me? Yes, there's going to be billionaires coming from this church right here in this place. Multiple, multiple billions. Not because we are just confessing it. No, because we are practicing the principles. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? there be some energy. Yeah, he, yeah, he. Yes, let's practice the principles. You practice the principles and it's a process. You just wait on it and you see things get better and better. Most fights that happen in marriages are because of finances. I want to get rid of financially based fights in marriages. That's a good, wonderful clap right there. Thank you, sister. Yep. Yes, yes, let, let's, get, let's, 
let's make the money and then go to work because we want to work as children of God, not because we have to work. All right? So, we've said the best for last. So, we've practiced the principles. You're earning. You are saving. You're managing your money well. You're investing it. It is starting to reproduce lots of money. Right? Uh, I, listen, I had this quote in one of the videos I was listening to last week. That when it comes to finances, small is seldom beautiful. Okay, I have to teach the language. Just, just take the clip and then you'll go and look up seldom, beautiful, and all those. When it comes to finances, small is seldom beautiful. Because the same amount of mental power it takes you to plan for a business of uh, 30 million shillings is the same power it takes you to plan for a business of 30 billion. So why not? Just scale it up and do it. It's as simple as that, right? Right. Yeah, of course, when you start, then things get interesting. But if you're doing all of that, and now we want to bring in the senior partner. Amen. The creator of the universe. How do we get God into the picture? How do we engage God's systems, even as we're engaging the world's Systems because you and I are in both worlds. He says we are seated together with him in the heavenly places, but we also seated on a plastic chair in Nalia, Uganda. You get what I mean? So we're always in both. Jesus was both son of God, son of man. We are children of God. We also have earthly parents. So we must, well, well as we're engaging the economic systems of the world, efficiently, we also must engage the heavenly system. And the, the next four sessions are just to show you, we've already done eight sessions, right? Eight sessions showing you how to engage the system in the world. Now we are going to show you only four how to engage the other. And we are going to start by talking about the grace of giving. Now let me tell you a story. It was around 2009 and I'd started getting a little agitated by my financial state. So I'd started trying to do something about it, even if I didn't have all the information. That's the year when I started feeling, something is not right. I need to do something about this. And 2010, January was the breakthrough when we had Patrick Kutatria speak at the camp, when now the blinders came off. But we had started in 2009. We are trying to buy a piece of land. Things were not going well. Now, those days, those days of ignorance, uh, I used to run out of money often. What is it often? That one. Huh? It is called being broke. Hmm? Has anyone ever experienced that? Like, you run out of money. You, you go broke. Like, you, you, you don't have money to make the next purchase. In fact, before that, maybe four years prior, my situation was quite dire. <laughs> that was rhyming. Some people are not getting it. Some people are here for someone. You'll be disappointed. I'm here to give you some life. Four years prior, my situation was dire. Couldn't get the dire. 
At one point, we didn't parent for four months. I mean, don't do that at home. <laughs> and we're not, we not paying because we didn't want to pay. There was no money. Our landlord was uh, uh, the late Archbishop Nkoyoyo, great man of God. He never came checking even once. <laughs> Not even once did he send his people to come and see Manangetsi. Why aren't you paying? My friend, when we talk about these things, just know this passion comes from somewhere. It comes from having suffered and seen others suffer and like, this suffering must stop. Anyway, so uh, I, I used to become broke frequently. Money used to say bye to me. It used to speak. Okay? Someone told people, describe your finances in one verse. In the beginning, there was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then another guy wrote, Jesus wept. <laughs> How would you describe your finances in one verse? Uh-huh. Jesus wept. In the beginning, there was nothing. Uh, Judah went and hung himself. Anyway, let's... <laughs> Joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. So man used to say bye to me. I, I would frequently get into a place where, you know when you have like 10K left, and between you and the economic crash of your life is 10K. Hey, been there, done that. I didn't like it. <laughs> so this one time we were organizing for a live fest. We were in town trying to hire equipment. Bichi bichi. We had borrowed some money from a very kind person to deposit on a piece of land. And we had to pay every month. And I didn't have money to pay. Now, you know, you had, you had now I was planning to borrow to pay the debt. I scratched my head. Now, meanwhile, between me and Rio Rio, zero was 50K. I had 50,000 in my wallet. And it was one note, I think. Very protected. I was like, between me and, huh, is this note? Uh -uh. Then I happened to do what? I don't advise you to do when you are left with little money. I, 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 I walked past Jam Towers where there was the Andrew Mark office. Hmm? You know when you hear the voice of Jesus speak to you and you know it is the Lord? Hmm? So here I am walking casually past, minding my own business, and I hear the Lord. I heard the voice of Jesus say, go in there and give the 50k. And you're like, devil loose. <laughs> huh? yeah? when, when you have only 50k left, you don't get into zones where God is likely to speak to you. <laughs> Just stay away from God, God's spots. Because <laughs> some of you are here. Huh? <laughs> God might say something. So, 
I was like, what? You know, but you know, when God speaks to you, the thing I've learned is the, the longer you take to implement the instruction, the harder it becomes. With every passing second, it becomes difficult. Like, huh? Huh? You know, you're walking past the shop. Huh? <laughs> you know, you're like, how are we going to do this? Can you imagine the guy that Jesus told to pick up his bed and walk huh, at that pool? 38 years on the bed. And Jesus comes and says, pick up your bed and walk. And the guy's like, huh? Is that, should that be today? <laughs> There's one he found in the temple with a shriveled hand. Says, Stretch forth your hand. It was on the Sabbath. And the guy could have said, Lord, it is the Sabbath. Can we do it tomorrow? For many of us, that's what has happened to the instructions God has given us. Anyway, instruction came. Thankfully, even though I was broke, I had enough sense to know, to do, take action when God speaks. So I took my 50K, put it in, and hence, uh, life started without that moneyless life. Hmm? How many of you know here that men behave differently when they run out of money. Anyone? Ladies, have you experienced that? Let me see your hands. Yeah. <laughs> All the wives are putting their hands up. They have experienced a moneyless husband. A moneyless husband can be a problem. <laughs> so that, that was me. But then there was this guy. I, I kept thinking about this guy. I wanted to give him a call to lend me that 500k. Because I was like, if, if I get 500k, you first pay call the other debt and survive until the next miracle. You know, I was living by miracle. You know, this is a miracle then. Ah, miracle, like so. But I, I, I didn't. I said, Omani, I've just obeyed God. Let's chill. This was Monday around 10, 11 a.m. I kid you not. The next day, Tuesday, 10 a.m., the guy calls me all the way from Soroti where he was working. Like, Mose, how are you? I've been thinking about you since yesterday. And I was wondering when was the last time I, I, I blessed you financially? Do you have a Stanbeek account number? I'm like, I don't have a Stanbeek account number, but my wife has one. Like, you, you sent me the number. We, I sent him the text. Those days there was no WhatsApp. So I sent the account number. He called back by one o'clock, said, I've put 500,000. <laughs> I didn't know some of you are here thinking 500,000. You are testifying about 500. My friend. <laughs> At that time, 500,000 was like this. In my eyes, why am I telling you this story? I could tell you story after story after story to tell you, you can never outgive God. God is faithful. That's why he says it is more blessed to give than to receive. The moment you start outgiving God, you are now the most blessed, most glorious. <laughs> the ancient of days, not him. Three weeks ago, I think I already testified here, but it bears repeating. At this church, you lovely people, you're the most generous church north of the Limpompo. All the money you give 
we take 10% of it and we give it to other churches and ministries. We don't give it, we don't say, Naria giving to Mukono and Gaius. No, no, no. We, other churches that we are not related with. Okay? That's what we do with your money. We just distribute it. But it occurred to us that there was a certain income category we were not tithing off because it came in and it was designated. That was Arise and Build. Arise and Build money, people give it. It is for building. We don't give it away. And three weeks ago, we got the conviction to give our 10% of Arise and Build because we realized Arise and Build was lagging behind all the other giving. Yeah? Hint, hint. To those who have pledges, amen, amen, amen. Those who have pledged the reason beyond, we are looking behind. Anyway, so he decided, okay, what is Jesus saying? We're in a leadership meeting. Everyone felt that's what God is saying. We said we are going to do it. Now, here was the trick. Here was the small problem. That week, we needed 38 million. To, to, we had borrowed materials worth 38 million to tie down the steel, etc., etc. We needed to clear the 38 million, and we needed 51 million for cement to cast the slab, that slab up there, where you see lots of poles. And that was about 90 million, right? At that time, you had given up to about 360 million. In other words, we needed to find 37 million to give out. And we decided we'll give it to other churches that are building. If there's any church or ministry that is having a construction project, we want to contribute to it. And so we had to find 37 million. In addition to that, 38 million to pay the previous weeks and 51 million going forward. Because we are going to cast the slab. You don't cast a small portion and wait until the next money. You have to cast and finish so that the concrete bonds. Oh, engineering, eh? okay. Ha! So this is so we made the decision Tuesday morning meeting about 11 a.m. Okay, we've decided. Thank you, Jesus. Over to you. On Wednesday, I found like five missed calls from a number I didn't know. Only to be informed that that person is looking for me because they want to give something to the church and they want me to be the one to receive it. Like, okay, you want to give something to the church? You want me to receive it? First thing tomorrow morning. That was, so this is Wednesday. We made the appointment for Thursday. I was going to be doing some work around Naguru. So he said, let's meet at 9 a.m. at the hub. And then I'll go on and go for my next appointment at 9.30. Indeed, at 9 sharp, the lady was there. And then she walked into the office with a chikapu. You know chikapu? Not a handbag, chikapu. Do you know those chikapus like so? She put it down. She said, on 1st January, God told me to give 100 million towards the rise and build. She said, I've brought God's 100 million. I've added mine, 5 million. So it's 105. Less than 48 hours. <laughs> it's 
say you cannot outgive God. You, you can do, we can do the human things, the human systems really efficiently, but I can tell you the fire that will attack your business when you add the other side. Just think about it. Like, that guy in Soroti, why? What caused him to start thinking about me? Why hadn't he been thinking about me all along? Why was I suddenly on his mind so much that he had to call me and send me that money? This person, God had spoken to them in January, on January 1st. Why did it come to pass that week? Are you with me? The grace of giving. I could tell you story after story until the cows come home. Maybe we need to read some scriptures. Fair enough. All right. Second Corinthians 9, 6, let's see together. It says, but this, I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Ooh. Now, this, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians and he's using agricultural language. Unfortunately, some people in this room cannot relate effectively to agriculture. You ask them, where is your village? Nakulabie. Nakulabie is either concrete or mud. There is no green. So how are we going to do this? We'll try and describe how agriculture works. Essentially, he's using this language to show you how giving works in God's system. He who says sparing will also reap sparing. And he who says bountifully will reap bountifully. Now, the thing to take care of right now, because I can guarantee you, if you've been a Christian for even a little bit of time, you've had a preacher preach from this verse, and the majority, 95% of all the preachers are here using this verse when they are looking for money. Abuse it or misapply it. And being that I'm also a preacher and I've put up this verse, I know in some people's eyes I'm already guilty and I've learned to live by that. You know, when you're a pastor, when it comes to money, you are guilty until proven innocent. So, so here is how it is abused. It is abused in this way. You want a visa? Give. You want a husband? Give. You, if you need anything from God... You'd better give God some money. Otherwise, he ain't going to give it to you. In other words, God is mean. He's a bad parent who abuses his children by insisting that they pay him before he gives them anything. Isn't that the general implication? Yeah, and that's, that's how it is mostly used. And so, how is it, how can we use it better? It's to go to the original intent of the writer, right? There's something called the Complete Idiot's Guide to Bible Interpretation. It's actually not there, but we can write it. To say, why, why, why is Paul using agricultural language? So go to the language he's using and use that analogy. So let's say, brother A. Brother A is a fire spitting. What else? 
demon chasing, uh-huh. tongue talking, heaven bound, uh, power demonstrating, KJV quoting, he speaketh thus, only yes. KJV quoting brother. Amen. He's on fire. Okay. And then brother be here. Doesn't read the Bible. He doesn't pray. Because he thinks God does not exist. When he's challenged about God, he says, I'm agnostic. I'm not so sure God is there. Are you seeing the two brothers? Now, brother A proceeds to plant one acre of maize crop, maize crop, one acre, right? Brother B plants 10 acres of maize crop, okay? Agriculture. Who, which of the two is going to get a bigger harvest? Huh? B, right? We say as if you're sure. Brother B, yeah? Why? He planted more. Even when he doesn't care about God. Why? Why? So, isn't God unfair? Remember, this is his son. This one hasn't yet found sonship. What's going on here? Why is God giving the non-believer a bigger harvest than the believer? Okay, what, what does it have to do with God? Nothing. Nothing. When they tell you, no, if you don't bribe God, you will not get a husband. Please. <laughs> he already says here in this verse, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, so how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God doesn't give you anything because you've given him anything. God has already given us everything. This whole thing of giving has nothing to do with God's attitude or will. It has everything to do with, do you understand that that's how the system works? Then you work the system. The farmer just goes and plants because they have the confidence there will be a harvest. Am I making sense? So this has nothing to do with God or God's attitude. He was so sparingly, however tongue-talking, heaven-bound, kajavik-watching, demon-chasing he is, he was so sparingly, he's going to reap sparingly. He was so bountifully, it's going to reap bountifully. It is what it is. Giving does not move God. Your giving does not move God one in single. God moved already all the way to earth and even died for your sins. So you can't move God any more than he already moved. Your giving doesn't move God. It moves you. It moves you to where the rain is, where it is falling. You know, how, how, do you know guys who have those roofs which there's a, a valley, like one roof comes and another roof comes and there's a valley, Right? And, and right down there where the valley ends, what happens when it rains? Lots of rainwater comes out. So, if you have a peeper, let's say there are three people with peepers. Do you know peeper? 
also known as a drum. Now, if one guy keeps his paper in the house, okay? Then one guy puts his paper in the compound. Then one guy gets his paper and he brings it right there where the two roofs meet and then it starts raining. Who will be complaining to God of not delivering enough water? But will it be because it's God's problem? No. He just didn't know how the system works. By the way, uh, you can harvest rainwater from your house and roof and use it for very profitable things. So, that's the thing. God has already done his part for the agriculture part by putting all the dynamics and the in the soil, right? So you can't blame God. So let's take this example of this fruit. That's a purple fruit. Also known as a papaya. Okay? Now, when, when you... Most of you only interact with this thing when you ask for a salad at Java's. But, so you didn't know it even has a green part on the outside and black seeds inside. It does. It's not all red. Okay? So, when, when you want to get this thing, you plant one of those tiny little black things. You see that? It weighs just a few grams. You plant it in the soil, and then what happens? What happens next? It dies. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies. It dies. But by some miracle that God has reserved only for himself, that thing sprouts. And it sends the shoot down. Remember? The root. Root down. Yeah, thank you. The root down. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to see those who are not paying attention. Some people don't even know where we are. Oh, the, the, the last they ever had of scientific things was coccidiosis. This is different. The root goes down and the shoot comes up. And depending on whether it's a monocot or a dicot, the people follow So it dies and, and, and it comes up. And that's magical. That's heavenly magic. No earthling has been able to reproduce that. You can... Uh, genetically modify it, you can try and mix this and that, simanyi what, breeding what, you can do all of that, but you can't, you cannot produce a seed artificially and it grows. You can get a bean seed. You know beans? I think when I talk of seeds now, seeds most people here are most acquainted with are beans. So, <laughs> Seriously. Beans are good, eh? So you can get a bean seed and then you create a fake bean seed scientifically. You, you see the inside part, the, the white part? You get the exact same properties, the same compound, everything same. You even put that gap in the middle. And then you put a tester on it. You know a tester? The tester, the, the brown thing, which... When you don't brush after eating. (laughs) 
I had this joke on Kaliso Liso many years ago. Uh, village romance. Huh? Some guy was trying to con a girl in the village in Uganda. So I hope you, those who don't, please interpret for your neighbors. So, uh, you know, village romance, maybe he has come on his bicycle, feeling hot. <laughs> then he packs it there. Huh? <laughs> That's an ouch moment. <laughs> After three days. Where were we? Bean seed. <laughs> tester. You can manufacture the tester and wrap it around it carefully and put everything. And you put that thing in the ground, it will not grow. It does not have the heavenly supernatural dynamic that God has reserved only for himself. And yet when you plant this thing, you plant a small thing of 10 grams and reap several purpose of 2 kilograms each. That's crazy. Now think about it. Today we are in science. Science. About math. About history. We will not be quoting the uh, Empire of Oyo, Benin, Mansamsa, ETC, Timbuktu. No. Now, think about it. Let's say this represents a purple. Okay? You need some imagination right now. Okay? And it's up there on the tree. And there are several of these. Huh? Where did they come from? Where did they come from? From the ground, right? So, did they like, were there purples in the ground and then they wait when people have gone to bed at night and they escape and just like, whoop, pit. So when you come and say, hey, this purple has been putting on, this tree has been putting on purples. What happens? How does it get up there? Give your best guess. This is a safe environment. Osmosis. So the tree, the purple tree using its roots, goes into the earth, right? And it keeps extracting from the soil only what? Purple material. It goes in there, looks for purple, 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 and it delivers your purple up here, ready for you to eat. Now, you can become clever and say, oh... This tree is getting the purpose from down there. Let's dig. <laughs> you dig. After all, I, who? Einstein's theory. E equals mc squared. Is energy equals mass times 
constant. The constant is believed to be the speed of light. So, in other words, you can't create new mass on earth without destroying lots of energy. So, so in other words, that purple didn't come from nowhere. It came from down here. And for purple trees, their roots don't even go far. They're just around. So in other words, right there where that tree is, below ground, is lots and lots of what? Of purples. And yet you can just decide to dig with a shovel and get the equivalent amount of earth and say, if there are purples here, they come from here. Let me eat them in original form. <laughs> What's going to happen to you? You're going to fall sick and die from eating earth. Only the seed, only the seed people, only the seed has the capacity to find purpose from the ground and deliver it to you. And moreover, it will do whatever seed you've planted. So you don't plant mangoes and you get purpose. When you plant mangoes, what will the earth deliver up here? Mangoes. When you plant fennel, Seeds, by the way, fennel has become scarce because people don't plant fennel. I'm told it grows by itself. And yet the demand is increasing. When you plant fennel seeds, what do you get up here? Jackfruit. Okay. <laughs> Some people are wondering, fennel, what's that? So here is the point. Below ground, on the ground, even as you walk to your car this, this afternoon, you'll be walking on top of mangoes. Purpose, jackfruits, ah, maize, cut cows. What, everything is in there. Matoke. In abundance. You're just walking on top of it. Why aren't you enjoying it yet? Huh? You've not planted the seed yet. You can't shock circuit that system, however tongue-talking you are. You can't. You can't eat the, the earth and then brain tongues so that means to convert it into mango material. No. You're just walking on top of wealth until you plant. You see, people who die of hunger in refugee camps, they are sleeping on the food that they should have been eating. But because the conditions have not been conducive for them to plant. Do you, do you get the point? And so Paul says, Oh, Abange, brethren, that's how giving is. That's what giving is. And that's why he says, So let each one give as the purposes in your heart, not grudgingly, of necessity, for God loves the children, forgive. You, you've never find a farmer planting grudgingly. See, my God had better be in a good mood this time. This season, God, don't be angry. Oh, 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 no, no, no. It's on purpose. I'm going to plant one acre because I need this kind of harvest. Get your giving from the accidental space into purposeful giving. Amen. Now, here's another thing. Some of you think I'm going on too long with this, but I'm trying to unlock certain things. Here's another thing about sowing and reaping. Three statements. 
One is you sow what you reap. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. You reap <laughs> what you sow. You cannot plant purpose and get maize. There are people who come and say, I want to give my time. I'll just give time, not money. Of course, you can give time. You reap what you sow. <laughs> but you don't get there. Why am I still getting there? I'm not clocking. There are some people who say who want to give anything but money. Go ahead. You reap what you sow. The second truth about sowing and reaping is you reap after you sow. So when you it again, this look like very simple truths. You reap after you sow. There are some people who say, Me, God, remember my 50k? I have only 50k left. If you give me more money, in other words, if you give me a harvest, <laughs> I will give, <coughs> I will sell. Can you believe that craziness? The farmer wakes up and says, Lord, you love me, but I have no seed to sow this season. First, Cause the maize to grow, huh? So that I have what? Seeds to sow. Have you ever seen that happening? Have you ever seen that happening? So don't practice that because you reap after you sow. So one, you reap what you sow. Two, you reap after you sow. Three, you reap more than you sow. Remember those three. You reap, you reap what you sow, you reap after you sow, you reap more than you sow. Now, let me finish. Because if I don't finish, we might miss the race. Anyway. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Five O's. All grace, grace is divine enabling. So it's like, uh, there are things that you are able to do so easily, some people think it's simple to do because you do it naturally well. Until they try, then they discover, oh, you just have a grace for that. Makes sense. So he's saying God is able to make all grace, different kinds of divine enablings to abound toward you. Not to come in a trickle. To come like lots. Can you imagine when it's so easy to do parenting? So easy to do music? So easy to make friends? So easy to speak? So easy to... That's all grace. Can you imagine when it's so easy to cook? Well... There are some brothers, 
Whatever they cook, they burn it. Including black tea. Oh, no, you have series of chai. So, God is able to make all grace, what? Abound toward you. And then it says, uh, so all grace leading to all sufficiency. All sufficiency means that there is enough or more than enough. And that word sufficiency is so hard to describe without using its opposite, which is what? Insufficiency. Have you ever been to the ATM machine? And then you slot in your card. What does it say? Eh, language. Eh, Luganda. Uh-huh. What's next? Ying is a pin You put the pin number. Naturally, at that point, oh, there is what? Cash withdrawal. You choose withdrawal. Cash withdrawal. At that point, it's supposed to give you options. For those who haven't been using it, 500, 1,000, 400, 300, 200, or 50K, something. Okay? It gives you options, right? But then, alas, this one time, you show up, you go up to that stage, and then the options are not there. So you're thinking, it is confused. So you go to other. You know there's other, eh? You will press other. And then you, you go ahead to enter the money manually because it, give you, it didn't give you the options. So like, other, withdraw, 350,000. Enter. What's the next message? Insufficient funds. Have you ever been to a net here? And maybe one of those where they are crowded. So you first wait for five people. Five people do theirs. Then you come. Then you are inside. People are waiting outside. Now you're Tomala. You're trying all sorts of tricks. And you have to get your card out. Put it back in your wallet. And get out with no money. And all the people outside are probably thinking... Did she just come to check her balance? <laughs> Insufficient funds. Now, I want, so have you felt the pain of insufficiency? Now think about the opposite. The opposite is sufficiency. You have more than enough for whatever it is. Now, he says you have all grace, which leads to all sufficiency in all things. My God, my God. Now, can you imagine having sufficiency in finances? Mm -hmm. Then, sufficiency in wisdom. Sufficiency in marriage. Wow. What does that look like? Feel, call it feel, feel, feel. What would a sufficient marriage look like? Sufficiency. Uh, sufficiency in parenting. Sufficiency in uh, what? Give me options. Health. Sufficiency in friendships. You have all sufficiency in all things. 
Now, you would think it doesn't get better than this. Ha! It's as if they saw the other lawyer from hell might come and alter that thing. Say, yeah, you can have sufficiency in all things on the 29th of the month up to about the third. And what did they put? At all times. On the 29th, all sufficiency. On the 5th, all sufficiency. You know, there are those teenage days of the month, eh? those ones, 12th, 17th, 18th, which disrupt a lot of people's personal economies and the early twins, 21st. That's when you, you, you slot in an email to the finance manager for an advance. No, he's saying you can have all sufficiency in all things at all times. Sufficiency in December. Christmas time. Huh? Oh, ah, and then sufficiency in January. Ah, says when that's happening, you are going to abound to every good work. Everything, every dream God ever put in your heart, you're going to abound to it. And he says, now may he who supply seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. The only thing God is going to multiply is the seed, not the bread. So, if you take your bread, a lot of it, and go to the garden and plant hot loaf, hoping that when you come back after two months, there's going to be lots of hot loaf. It's not going to work. The only thing that grows is what? Seeds. And God has given you that decision to decide whatever you have, what is bread and what is seed. But the only thing he has promised to multiply is what? Seed. Are you with me? And then he goes on, says you are enriched in everything for all liberality. Hey, how can you be en enriched in everything? That's when people say, unfair. You can't be good in everything. No, he's saying you can be. And for all liberality. Now that you're enriched in everything so that you can what? Be generous. God is calling us to be rivers, not reservoirs. Rivers, not reservoirs. Rivers, not reservoirs. Reservoirs just receive. They don't give. Have you seen reservoirs? Or like dams or ponds? They, the water is dirty and has algae. It's green. Rivers have fresh flowing water. It has to be moving. There's a reason money is called the currency. It has to keep moving. Someone said, if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. If you become the wood in the electrical system, whereby all the money comes and once it reaches you, alas, it can't get out. Behold, we have a problem. There is a lake called the Dead Sea in Israel. Have you heard of the Dead Sea? It has rivers pouring into it, but it doesn't give anything out. You'd think this Kalek, which has so, all these rivers pouring into it, it should be flourishing. It should be increasing. Do you know what happens to the Dead Sea? It's dying. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. 
In East Africa, there is a shallow lake somewhere, one of the shallowest lakes in the world called Lake Victoria. Have you heard of it? Do you know Lake Victoria is so shallow? They say at its deepest, it's not even a kilometer deep. It's not. It's just a few meters deep everywhere. And it has this big river called River Nile, which is flowing out every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every year since you arrived and after you've gone. Think about it. Why isn't Lake Victoria dry, running dry considering how shallow it is? Gives and gives and gives. And don't be like my teacher who said, uh, there is no hurry in Africa. Otherwise, the river Nile would have poured in the Indian Ocean. <laughs> Goes all the way to Egypt. We need to become rivers, not reservoirs. The point of getting all and making all this wealth is so that we live generous lives. Amen. Amen. So thanks for coming out today. I hope you are ready to be a reservoir, a river, 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 not a reservoir, right? Why don't we just stand together, bless one another, speak some life-giving words to that person, and we are going to try out the proof of concept. <clears throat> Give them something from your wallet. Yes. You are the most generous church of the Limpopo. If you don't have anything to give, you can take their number and you send them something later on in the week. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.